money is not the goal. Money is the result of a goal. And so stay focused on that goal and the money will come. If you are in service to other people and you're doing something good and you're making the world a better place, the money will come. And I just have blind faith in that. And it's hard to have blind faith when you've got like $30 in your checking account and you're like, do I fill up with gas or do I go buy groceries to do another blog post? Uh, How about (laughs) (laughs) 50-50? And then what do you find? Because like, what do you find in that moment? Okay, you just keep on, you keep on making the next step and then something happens and then something happens, right? Just blind faith and trust in the universe and trust in myself that I'm a good person. I'm leading a good life. I'm delivering something good to other people. I'm inspiring. I'm trying to inspire people to live healthier and happier lives. And I think when you do good work and you have, you know, good heart and soul behind what you're really trying to accomplish, just feel like you're going to be taken care of. what's going on. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. After spending a week in Italy with vegan chef Leslie Durso, there was no way that I could not bring her onto the podcast. Leslie describes herself as a level five vegan, meaning that she's intense about all things vegan. No meat, no dairy, no animal byproducts, plant-based, the whole package. But I would expand her description and tell you that she is a level five human being. She shows up in her life and in her business so powerfully and gracefully that I wanted to make sure that you got the chance to know a bit more about her and her philosophies. When Leslie started her blog in 2010, she had no credentials. She was not a trained chef. She was not a nutritionist. She had not gone to culinary school. But she did have the desire to establish herself as an expert in her field and an insane drive to bring plant-based eating to the world. A few months later, and with the realization that tens of thousands of people were coming to her site... She got serious and creative and started her career as a vegan chef. Now, Leslie partners with the Four Seasons Hotel, implementing vegan menus, hosting retreats, and running their wellness programs. She runs vegan retreats, like the one I just came back from, in her beloved country of Italy. She has a TV show called Accidentally Vegan on the Fab Fit Fun TV network. She's appeared on the Food Network, the Discovery Channel, the Hallmark Channel, Everyday Health and Mother Nature Network, and has written for Mind Body Green, Veg News, CNN.com, Redbook, Glamour, and Maxim, just to name a few. You could say she's earned a bit of credentials, but her credentials are not what we talk about. We talk about how she has stayed true to herself, her ethics, her values, and her goals during her business journey. We talk about how she got focused and serious with her blog and how she monetized it through advertising and promotions, how her modeling and acting career lent itself to her current work. 
why she decided she did not need to go to culinary school, and how she instead went on a mission to be mentored by great chefs all around the world. How she leads her life with the belief that she is doing good in the world and showing up to provide value, and how she lets that belief system fuel her career. We talk about the difference between dreams and goals and how doing the next best thing just one step at a time has accumulated into a lot of progress for her. And we talk about practices and habits that she has to stay grateful for the present moment and her understanding that she is always, as she says, in the middle of her journey. In a world where you can literally be anything and do anything, Leslie's story is such a great reminder for each of us to stay true to ourselves on our business journeys so that we can design the life and business that we truly desire. So enjoy this incredible conversation with Leslie Durso. Beautiful Leslie Durso. How are you, my dear? Hi, I'm wonderful. <laughs> How are you? I'm so good. I could not be more excited to have you on the show today. Um, I'm speaking to you just about, I think, almost two weeks now. I had the pleasure of being with you physically in Italy, in the beautiful city of Ravello that you know so well. And doesn't it feel like yesterday? Doesn't it, does. it feel like you just got back? It does. It really, really does. The the sense, the sights, the laughter, like it's all so very real and visceral that I'm like, it still lives here with me. And we have like a group photo share that we had that Allie had set up. Yeah. That I I'm like looking back on there every day. I'm like, oh, that was a really good picture. <laughs> You took some amazing photos there because you were were in all of your happiness and your glow. And there's so many beautiful photos of you. Oh, I got to give a great thanks to... uh, There's like... Out of the 10 ladies that we had there, I would say five of them were like serious professional photographers, like like knew how to make their cameras work really well. I was not one of them, by the way. (laughs) But like, Allie got some great shots of me. You got some great shots of me. Desiree got some great shots of me. I was like, oh my God. Hello, guys. I'm going to start hiring you guys out for some photo shoots. (laughs) Well, I am not a great photographer, but I have just one secret and that's called portrait mode on the iPhone. <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you need. One good secret. I just want to walk around in portrait mode in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Well, I'm having you here on the show because I was craving to introduce you to my amazing community of biz women rock ladies. Because I had the privilege of getting to know you over the course of the week in Italy. By the way, I had no idea who you were before I left. Um, I just knew that you were a vegan chef. Okay, cool. Like, that's a thing. That's kind of cool. And I just quickly and thoroughly fell in love with you over the week. And you and I had a couple of chances to kind of talk business about like, well, how do you do this thing? Like, how do you actually make a living out of being a vegan chef? And what does that look like? And you're here like doing retreats, like co-hosting retreats, like this seems kind of cool and glamorous. So like, I really wanted to get down to it. And, and the stories that you told me about your journey were just so beautiful and inspiring. And I was like, I've got to share this with my community. So thank you for for offering to be here. (laughs) Well, thank you. And I'm honored to be talking to your business women. Um, I hope that I get to connect with some of them online. Yes. And I will, of course, leave all of your credentials and links and all that good stuff in the show notes for you listeners to go check out. Let's start with how in the world are you at a place where you are doing Italian retreats in the beautiful small town of Ravello, Italy? Um, <laughs> let's start with that. How do, how do you know that town? And how are you doing retreats there as a vegan chef? 
So I am Italian. I'm Italian American. And I've traveled through Italy quite a bit, quite extensively with my family and friends. And I was with my mom and my sister and we were staying on the Amalfi Coast. And my sister said, I heard about this town, Ravello. It's right up here on the cliff. We should just drive up there. And we were always looking for new places to find in new little towns. So we just drove up there one afternoon and I walked into that piazza and I felt like I was at home. I felt like I had just stepped into something really magical and just strolled around the town and thought, wow, this place is really cool. And I would love to come back here. And that was it. I didn't really think a whole lot more about it, except for that it was just lovely and charming and wonderful. And then a couple months later, I was at a conference and I met Rick Scalzo, who's the founder and creator of Gaia Herbs, which is an incredible supplement company. If you are in the supplement market and looking for something, he grows all of his own ingredients, has this amazing farm in North Carolina. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But I was introduced to him by his PR people. They wanted us to work together. And Rick was talking about just life and trying to get to know me. And he mentioned that he goes to Italy every summer. And I said, oh, where? And he goes, oh, well, it's a little town. You've, you've never heard of it. And I was like, well, goodness, some weird little towns. And he goes, well, I go to this town called Ravello. And I happened to be wearing a scarf that I had just bought in Ravello from Marcello's shop, which you uh, I love it. it. <laughs> and we just connected because it's a really magical place. It's set into the cliffside in the mountains. All of the water is not in fresh water. And I, it was used as a Roman retreat originally. And I really feel like there's something very healing about it. So Rick and I got together and started doing retreats there. And they were really great and really successful and wonderful. And then I just kind of decided to break off and do them on my own so I could do full vegan retreats. And I really wanted to make them all women because I think there's something really powerful when a group of especially business women, especially plant-based business women get together mm-hmm. in a really magical place like that. All sorts of things can happen. And um, yeah, and it, w- it was really magical. Just... Absolutely. The magical is the perfect word that I can use to describe it. It really, really is. I will, of course, be sharing some of the photos of the beautiful villa that we were at in the show notes. So make sure to check those out. The question then bears though, like, who were you? How did Rick... Yeah. Like, how did Rick at that point say like you... Like, why did your PR companies want to set you up? Like, who were you at that... In that season of your business where you were somebody to partner with on retreats? Were you already established as a vegan chef? Were you already established in sort of that health and wellness industry? Like what were you doing at that point? Yeah. I mean, my career has taken a lot of twists and turns, but at that point in my career, I was blogging every day back when blogging was the cooler thing to do uh, before (laughs) they had podcasts. Um, (laughs) So I was blogging a lot and I had a popular blog and yeah, I was trying to get validated as a professional chef, which is a very difficult thing to do, especially when you didn't go to culinary school and you're a vegan chef. People don't want to take you that seriously. So I was trying to just hustle and improve myself. And I was working with a lot of brands at that point um, on just different marketing levels, um, representing... I mean, not representing, but like endorsing brands and talking about brands that I loved and, and things like that. And so his PR company wanted me to meet him 
Um, and to talk about Gaia, because I mean, it's right. Up, it was perfect, perfect match right up my alley. His ethics are so in line with how I live my life. And it's just, it's a very magical product. I'm using that word magical too much. <laughs> it's a really wonderful product. I'll say that. Uh, like I said, he, he has this incredible organic farm in North Carolina where he himself has got his hands in the dirt every day and he's growing all of the ingredients for his supplements, which if you know supplement companies, they're just sourcing from farms all over the world and don't know the source of the plants. They never get their hands in them and they usually get them in powdered form so they could be cut with anything. And he actually not only grows everything, but processes, makes packages and ships everything from this one farm. Oh my gosh. I had no idea this was going to turn into an advertisement for that. I know, right? (laughs) I'd be really happy. (laughs) We'll put a nice affiliate link for you in the show notes. (laughs) I wish I did. I mean, I I wish I was still involved with them, but that's how much I believe in the product. Uh, And and that's really it. When When I believe in something and I find something, I just become a huge cheerleader for it, an advocate for it. I mean, there's no reason not to. And... That's a tough business decision you have to make when you when you need to make money and you want to make money, but you want to do it in an authentic way. Um, it's 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 interesting to try and choose the brands that you want to work with or not. And I actually say no to about ninety percent of the people that want to work with me. How did you? So as you were in the hustle, building up this blog, getting more and more people to come to it, obviously making really smart and ethical decisions on what brand you wanted to promote. I would imagine you were working out some sort of like advertising packages for each of them, whether they're showcasing a product in a video that you're doing or a recipe that you're doing or whether you're, you know, they have a banner ad and all that sort of stuff. How was it that you were going out and obtaining those advertisers? And were there any other ways that you were starting to to make money off of that blog? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, things were different back then, back in the day when I started. <laughs> what year was this? I'm a hundred years old. No, no, that was, <laughs> in, that was in, I, I started the, the blog in 2010. So it was still a little early on the blogging world. I mean, people had them, but it wasn't what it, I, I feel like the height of blogging was maybe like 2013, 14. Um, so it was still a little bit early, but I went after brands, especially at the beginning, because who was I? And I, I, I left a relationship and I was really left with sort of nothing when I left it, except for I had this website. And so I needed to make it work and I needed to make a career out of it. And that was the inspiration for becoming a chef and doing all of this. Uh, it was out of necessity. And so I just hustled. I hustled. I called a zillion places. I emailed a zillion places and said, Hey, I have this blog. This many people are reading it. Let's work together. <laughs> you know, and I just got creative and out of the box. How could I offer them something different from everybody else? And what could I do that was a little bit more personalized for them? Right. It might work, you know, branding wise better for them. So thinking outside the box is something that I've always enjoyed doing. And I really, I really like that. I love that kind of creative thinking. What were your hopes like as you were doing this, what this would become? Did you want to sort of be known as the vegan chef and this is the blog and that's the platform and you've got all these advertisers? Was there a bigger vision in mind? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, 
the blog was really just a stepping stone to get to the next place. And all of these are just stepping stones to get to the next bigger, better picture. Um, and the bigger, better picture has always been an entire lifestyle brand, an eco-chic lifestyle brand. And so everything that I do aligns with that. And I have my pillars of my business that I have formed, are forming, and pretty soon we'll be ready for a roof. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Leslie Durso, bringing veganism to the world one day at a time, right? One bite at a time. There you go. I love it. So when you were in the space of the blogging, were you doing things... I'm just curious to know, like from a business strategy, were you doing things to deliberately grow your audience? Were you... Or were you just continuing to put content out there? Like what were some of your strategies right. to get more and more readers to your website? Well, we should start with a couple things. First of all, I was very lucky in the position that I was in when I started the blog. I came from the entertainment industry. I had just come off of being part of a show called Bill Nye the Science Guy where I was playing... Leslie the lab girl. And so I was lucky that I was not starting from zero. I had a little bit of a base. I had agents. I had a manager. It's definitely a place that most people I know are not starting from. So to grow the audience, I first started blogging just because... Okay. So after my show ended, I went and met with Discovery Channel and I said, okay, I want to do a show about healthy eating and vegetables being grown all over the world. And they said, okay, are you a chef? And I said, no. And they're like, do you have a book? And I said, no. And they're like, are you a doctor? Are you a nutritionist? What on earth would give us something to make us think that you deserve to have this show? And I was like, well, I wasn't a scientist and you let me be on a science show. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't think that was as funny as you and I. (laughs) They're like, hmm, nope, nope, not going to fly. Not going to fly. So I went home and I was like, okay, well, shoot, what is an actionable thing that I can do today to help move me in the direction that I want to go? And I was talking to a good friend of mine who has been kind of like my career partner. And she was, why don't you start a blog? I feel like everybody's doing this blog thing and, and you should just start a blog and just write your recipes down and go from there. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And I can do that today. And so I literally Googled how to start a blog and WordPress popped right up. They're like, name of website. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't have a name for this brand. So I just put Leslie Durso and um, started writing. Started writing seven days a week and posting and not really thinking that anybody was looking at it. And then three months later, another girlfriend of mine who had a pretty successful blog at the time said, Oh, well, like, what are your analytics? And you know, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I I don't know. What's a Google analytic? And how do you do that? (laughs) And she put it all on my site. And the next thing I knew, there were quite a bit of people reading it and looking at it every month. I mean, tens and tens of thousands. And I was like, Whoa. So that's when I was like, okay, I have to get serious about this. Yeah, This is not like joking around anymore. I can actually make this into a business. And then right then, like I said, I had a relationship end that kind of forced me into this. And so I took a dive and I said, okay, let's do it. And that's when I really turned it professional. You know, I love talking about that particular moment when you, when sort of life happens and you're like, oh shit, like I need to make this a business and I need to get serious about it and I need to make it happen fast. And I think 
so oftentimes, look, over the long haul of things, business, just like life is a massive journey, right? Never ends. And it does take time to get that vision, like have that vision come to fruition in all of its different manifestations. But I think when you have a moment like that and you get super focused and super serious and creative and thinking outside of the box, like money and the business model that you really want to make happen can actually happen quite quickly. I can't, you know, there's always ups and downs, but I I really lead by money is not the goal. Money is the result of a goal. And so stay focused on that goal and the money will come. If you are in service to other people and you're doing something good and you're making the world a better place, the money will come. And I just have blind faith in that. And it's hard to have blind faith when you've got like, $30 in your checking account and you're like, do I fill up with gas or do I go buy groceries to do another blog post? Uh, How about (laughs) (laughs) 50-50? And then what do you find? Because like, what do you find in that moment? Okay. You just keep on, you keep on making the next step and then something happens and then something happens, right? Just blind faith and trust in the universe and trust in myself that... I'm a good person. I'm leading a good life. I'm delivering something good to other people. I'm inspiring. I'm trying to inspire people to live healthier and happier lives. And I think when you do good work and you have good heart and soul behind what you're really trying to accomplish, just feel like you're going to be taken care of. Yeah. And that's hard to believe a lot of times, but um, I just just keep keep that faith that it's all going to be okay. I love that. So you spent all this time building that platform, building the blog. Ad- advertisers were coming to you. You were getting advertisers. And then what happened? How has this story progressed? Well, it's evolved. Uh, I really wanted to be taken seriously as a chef. Everybody was just calling me a blogger. And I'm like, I'm not a blogger. I don't want to be called a blogger. I really wanted to be a chef. And at the time, there was no vegan culinary school. And so it was a real challenge. And I was like, well, how do I get past this hump? And then I realized so many of the most famous chefs in the world didn't go to culinary school. I mean, Mario Batali never went to culinary school. And I'm like, wait a minute, if these guys didn't go to school, I don't need to go to school. And I looked at what they did. And I'm a really big believer in mentors and finding life and career mentors. And Um, I did it with acting and in the entertainment industry. And I was like, I will do that in food. And I knew I needed a foundation of learning. And being Italian, I've been making food since I could stand. I've been in the kitchen my whole life. And so I had a little foundation of how to cook, but not a real foundation. So I didn't have that much money, but I did have an insane amount of airline miles from (laughs) my previous life. (laughs) Like, what can I do? So I started traveling and I started learning from anyone that would teach me in home kitchens and professional kitchens and connecting with chefs on Facebook and other countries and just learning, 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 learning. And I wasn't working in vegan kitchens because again, vegan wasn't that cool in 2010, Mm -hmm. 11 either. Uh, I stopped eating meat when I was seven And for God's sakes, the only non-dairy milk option was powdered rice milk that literally came in a box and you had to stir it into water. And it was the most 
disgusting thing <laughs> possibly imagine. And so, you know, it just was not very cool. So I would watch and learn from all of these meat chefs and then translate that into a vegan recipe or vegan version. I would veganize it. And that was the foundation of my learning. And I remember my, my first big professional event I did called Evening on the Beach, which is part of LA Food and Wine Festival here in Los Angeles. And I'm on the beach and they put me in the seafood kind of like evening because of course they're like, oh, vegan, that's close enough to seafood. We'll put her in that one. <laughs> that's non-meat. That means seafood, right? There, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, what am I going to make? And so... I made this dish. I was really proud of it. It took a lot of effort and work. And, and it was my first big thing. And I remember standing there in my booth with my little dish and having people try it. And I remember people loving it. And these are not vegans. Nobody vegan was there. Uh, or nobody that was there was vegan. And it just was so magical. And I had this experience. There's a, a, a really incredible chef that recently passed away, Carrie Simon, who was a hu- made a huge impact here in Los Angeles and was an extremely talented chef. He sent his sous chef over to get one of my dishes. And I literally like... I was dying. I was dying. Like plate, like leaving my fingertips as I was passing (laughs) them. I was like, oh my God, Carrie Simon is about to eat my freaking watermelon spring roll. I can't believe this. (laughs) He came over after the event and he said, you're really talented. And that was a really delicious plate of food. And I almost lost my mind because it was the first validation I ever received that I could be a real chef and that I had any sort of talent whatsoever in this department. And that was a really big deal and big turning point for me. And um, ever since then, just been pushing away and plugging away in this more professional elevated space. And um, it's kind of two-sided. I mean, online and digitally and in person in the, a lot of the classes that I give, I try and teach people how accessible plant-based cuisine is, how delicious it is. If you, even if you're not a vegan, you eat vegan food all the time and you just don't know it. It's not something weird. It's not something bizarre. And then on the flip side of that, when I do these big culinary events, I'm really trying to push veganism into the forefront and get it considered and thought of as a cuisine and as a really cool thing to do. I mean, look, there's 11 widely sourced animal proteins in the world and there's over 25,000 edible plants. So the options are totally endless when it comes to dining plant-based. You just have to be creative and think outside the box. There we go again with the creativity. Leslie, you know what I love about that story about the chef Carrie is that that validation, that sense of first validation from someone else came relatively late in your efforts to do it. And so I love that because so many of us, women in general, and I'll specify businesswomen for this podcast, we are putting stuff out there and we're pushing forward with a big passion that we have and a desire to like share our gifts with the world. And Mm -hmm. I just love that getting the validation is amazing and it is wonderful and it is transformative because it, it helps you realize, yes, I'm on the right path. But you went for a long time without having that and you still pushed your agenda. You still kept showing up. You still kept doing that because you had that internal belief like, 
I'm here to do something, right? I have this gift and I can share it this way with the world and I'm, I'm here to impact. Um, and I think that there's a big lesson for everyone to learn there as far as letting that fuel you. What's also staying true to yourself? I mean, I think the most important thing that you can learn on this journey and in this lifetime is who are you? In the bottom soul of yourself, who are you and what is the impact that you want to make in this lifetime? It goes by so fast, as you know, and so many things can happen and you can get so distracted in your everyday life. What is the foundation? Who are you and what do you want to get done in this life? And I'm very clear about who I am and what I want to get done in this lifetime. And I used to use the word legacy a lot. And I think it's so much more than just a legacy because I used to think that you had control over your legacy and you don't. The people you affect create your legacy. Yeah. And so it's really important to deliver your message exactly how you want it because that's what people will form their their opinions and life changes around. And so once you have that, then you find your direction and your goal. And I mean, those directions can change all the time, but you have to pick one on any given day to work towards. And like I said, you mean, you can shift, but to have that one thing that's going to center you and that creates your purpose in life, it's just so, so, so important. And it's much easier than you think. I mean, you, a lot of people say that they have these dreams of doing these things. Well, dreams shouldn't be dreams. They should be goals because goals you could accomplish. A dream is difficult to accomplish, but goals you can accomplish. Yeah. So take that goal, work it backwards. Think about all of the goals that you're going to need to accomplish to get to that bigger main one and just start checking them off every single day because you'll find that even like the goal within a goal, that you know, one, two, three steps that you need to get there are things that you can easily do. It starts with an email. It starts with a, a podcast interview. It starts with a live stream on Instagram. It starts with one tiny little decision and movement to build and lead you to this place where you want to be. And it's amazing how fast you'll get there when you map it out. Yeah. Career maps. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I forget what the question was at this point, but I don't I care because that was a beautiful <laughs> tangent. Um, I was just listening to Oprah's podcast and she was interviewing Tom Brady, and I just listened. This oh, is a I just heard it too. It's so good. It's so good, and so he good. he talks exactly about this. Where he, I think she asked him the question about like, do you ever get overwhelmed by all these big things that you're doing in the world? And he says, I don't think about it that way. I think about it in baby steps. Like I'm always thinking about what's the next best thing that I can do. I'm mm -hmm. so paraphrasing right now. He said it really beautifully, but it was exactly that. It was like, what is the next right decision? What is the next best thing? And the only way to know that is to know thyself and to really yeah. be tuned in to what is or is not right for me? What am I here to do? Who am I? How, what, what am I doing in this world? And how am I learning more about my gift and sharing my gift? Right? Yeah. So, do you and have... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, just with that Tom Brady thing, it was so interesting. And it really is a game that he's playing with himself and to constantly be moving forward and yes. thinking 
future because I mean, look, that guy's one of the most decorated athletes of all times. You'd think he could have stopped after one Super Bowl. He could have stopped after two Super Bowls. He could have stopped after three. God knows. I don't even know how many he has. I think he has like almost two handfuls of rings and he could have stopped at any point, but that's not his game. His game is with him and in his mind and what he's physically capable of doing. And he wants to challenge his body to work at optimal level. And, and that's a, that's a totally different thing. And when you see that, cause you see, it's the same thing as chasing money. You can't chase the Super Bowl ring. You can't chase the Oscar. You can't chase these awards because they're all the results of the goal. Yes. And so you can see with Tom Brady, he's running up against a totally different goal than any of us even know about because that's within him. And that's and a he, really cool way to live life. Yeah. And he said in there, he's like, when basically I'm in competition with myself, he's hyper competitive and he admits that, but he's like, I, at the end of the day, I'm not in competition with anyone else. I'm in competition with myself. How can I be a better version of myself tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And I think for business women, that's just so relevant. I am very open about talking about the comparisonitis that we all can get, you know, get into and all of these people are doing this over here. And that looks like the best way to do any, everything. But I, the longer that I'm in business, the longer that I'm alive, the more and more that I see that it's an internal game. It's my decision on like what my next step is going to be. And it doesn't, doesn't need to be determined by anyone else. And that's a giant head game. And it is, it, but it, when you are in that space of like really just owning your own journey and how you're going to play it and how you're showing up better every day. And I love the, the statement that you had made before when you were describing why you, like how you started your blog. What is something actionable that I can do today to help me get towards that goal? Right. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think we can each ask ourselves that every single day. And that helps us stay in this internal game that we are playing with ourselves to just continue evolving into the best versions of ourselves in this world. Yeah. It goes back to the who am I? It's really great to get advice from other people and to be inspired by other people. But at the end of the day, it's you. And you have to make those decisions for yourself and do it in your own way. Nobody has this magic playbook that says, Oh, if you do A, B, C, D, E, F, you will be successful and you will be happy because you're just doing somebody else mm-hmm. instead of doing you. Mm-hmm. And so you need to find that who you are and your purpose in order to really make your career the one that you want to have instead of somebody else's. Now you listening know exactly why I had Leslie on the show. Just, I mean, like just brilliance all around. Um, I have not even really talked about, and I would just love for you to give a nice quick visual of what your business looks like today. You have an incredible partnership with the Four Seasons Hotel. I do. Um, Talk a little bit about that partnership, how that came about, and then just what business really looks like for you right now. Sure. Um, I, I love partnerships. I'm a big proponent of them because, well, at least for myself, I know my strengths. And that's one of the most important things I think you can do in life is know your strengths and your weaknesses. And I'm really good at certain things and I don't have the knowledge on other things. It's not that I couldn't learn it, but I think to move my career forward in a faster pace, it's best to partner with people that know those things. And so I'd made a decision that I wanted to... I've done restaurant consulting before, but I wanted to work with a really big brand this uh, last year. And I um, Four Seasons got onto my radar 
And I was like, yes, they need this. And if the Four Seasons Resort can implement an entire vegan program and it's successful, this will trickle down so fast and so far and wide. So I went after it and I, um, and I, and I didn't stop until I became their vegan chef. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go after the goal, right? Yeah. So what does that actually mean? Like how, how is that looking for you? If literally, like, I'd love to get the view of like, what does it mean to be a vegan chef and have a business out of it? And this is just one of the many pockets that you have. So well, what does that mean? Look, okay. So vegan chef is a big umbrella. Chef is a big umbrella. You can define that any way that you want to define that. So for me, I do these consultancies. I, I like I said, I partner with the Four Seasons. And so I've done menu creation for them. I come down four times a year to change it. I represent them in events. I am also their wellness ambassador. And so I create wellness programs for them and lead retreats on properties. And so we have a very robust relationship. But then in addition to that, I also host a show called Accidentally Vegan on FabFitFun TV, which is really, really fun. If you're not a subscriber to FabFitFun, it's a great brand and um, they're super, super lovely. And so... And that I, I do a whole bunch of other things as well. I just finished my book proposal. So hopefully a book is coming very Woo! soon. And there's a whole slew of things that are on my list of things that I want to get done. And I'm always in the middle of my journey. Always. And I don't think you ever reach the end of it. You always kind of stay in the middle of it. But you got to define... I mean, like I said, like there's so many ways to define chef. This is just the way that I like working. And what resonates with me. So, and I think that with anything, I mean, I don't know. I like thinking outside the box. Like I've said before, you don't, you don't have to take somebody else's definition of a career. You can create your own. Yeah. I mean, most people hear a chef and they go, Oh, what restaurant do you work at? They just think of you standing on the line cooking. And I've done that before. And that's wonderful. And it's very fulfilling. But cooking the same thing every day, all day, really drives me a little batty. So I step out of that and um, get to be really creative. I love that. You said that you're in the you're always in the middle of your journey, and I love that statement. I think it's so true, and I think it's a good reminder that we're a work in progress, and also to be in the present moment to like really appreciate. What kind of habits do you have, or? practices you have to help you stay grateful and also dream about the goals like and also be forward thinking well healthy or not i think about my career a lot and my job and when your job is also your purpose in life it kind of can overtake what you you're do. speaking you're speaking to the masses here that's the, everyone listening right now is in that same boat yeah <laughs> we love but, what we do yeah. And that's really a beautiful place to come to. And so I don't mind working seven days a week doing what I do. Um, I don't mind not taking vacations. People see me traveling all over the time. I'm, they're like, Oh my God, you're, you know, you're vacationing constantly. It's amazing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You see the Instagram post, which looks like I'm on vacation, but I'm actually working. <laughs> I'm down in Mexico excuse me, you know, working in the kitchen half the day. And then, you know, right at sunset, I'll run out and um, throw my bathing suit on and jump in the water. And so you're seeing that little sliver of it. You're not seeing all the work. But uh, okay, so habits. Habits are really important because 
I don't have a nine to five because I don't have a boss to answer to because I don't have to clock in at any moment. It's really important to create healthy habits. So I start every single day of mine by going on a walk on the beach with my dog and just kind of doing a meditation, not bringing my phone with me or bringing my phone with me and listening to an Oprah podcast or something that's going to inspire me and get me going for the day. And I do my list of, I know this sounds silly, but how am I going to make the world a better place today? What are actionable things that I can do to help make the world a healthier and happier place? And and I and then I, I go for it and I do it. And I take all of that alone time in the morning to myself, a little meditation, stretching, that long walk. And then I go for it. I dive into my day and just do it and have a lot of lists every day. I've got a list. And if it's on the list, it can be checked off. And I just check, 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 check. And it's amazing how when you check all those little things, they add up to really big things. So another thing that I've really made room for in my life is spending quality time with people that inspire me. And it's something that I didn't have for a long time because I was so focused in my world of like, can't spending time with my friends is just play and I need to focus and I need to work and I need to just be, you know, honed in. And I realized how important spending quality time with people that inspire you is because there's that, that thing. And actually Oprah will talk about it sometimes, but a lot of people will, that you cannot pour into other people's cups if your cup is not full. Yeah. And so you have to take care of yourself mentally, physically, spiritually. You have to feed your soul and inspire yourself so that you can help others and inspire others. And that's the sweet spot in life, I think, that when you're getting inspired, you're inspiring, and it's this beautiful cycle that's coming around constantly. It's a really good space to be. And if you're out of line in that and you're not feeling inspired and you're wanting from other people, try giving even more than you are and then watch it come right back. Mm, I love that. I love that. And that brings us right back around to the Italian adventure because that's exactly what it was for me. It was totally inspiring and totally surrounding myself unknowingly surrounding myself with nine other women who inspired me so much. And you can see why I brought Leslie on because I just really honor you for being somebody who really lives your path unabashedly with all of the ups and downs that are attached to that and very faithfully. And I just love that. And I think that there's so many, so many great lessons that anyone listening can take from any bits and pieces of this conversation about how to do that just a little bit deeper in their own business journey. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for being one of the women who I got to surround myself with for well, a whole thank week. Thank you for being one of the women that inspired me. I love these trips. That's why I do them is because it fills my cup. People ask me all the time because look, they're not huge money makers and they take a lot of time out of the regular work, but I need them because they fill my cup. So thank yeah. you for filling my cup. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had... 
I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode. 